This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Wrestling Network, friends and family, welcome to another Journey Uncharted, into an alternate universe where things are not as they seem, where things didn't happen the way you saw them happen, and where paths forked in the road somewhere else. Welcome to the November 2023 Journey Through the Looking Glass. I am your co-host, Scott Criscolo. Happy Turkey Week, because if you're listening to this on the day it drops, it is the day before Thanksgiving, here in North America anyway. Uh, Tomorrow, the 23rd, is Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Um, We have another great pod dropping tomorrow, Uh, myself and Greg Diener with the Thanksgiving episode of Wrestle Tracks. Him and I are live watching Survivor Series 1987. You voted for it. So we're going to do it. And so that will drop tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, on the feed. If you are so inclined, if you're waiting for your food to cook, you don't care about the Packers-Lions, which I think is the early game tomorrow. Um, or if you're like me and you're a Cowboy fan and you don't really care about the game till 4 o'clock, uh, you could listen to that. So anyway, let me bring in my uh, compadre. I don't know when their Thanksgiving is. Do they have one? Do they eat turkey? Are the turkeys wild? <laughs> are they road wild no we're not talking about road wild tonight this isn't august i wish it was august here in connecticut it is not it feels like august uh my august where he is anyway good evening dave hall how are you hey scott i'm doing well happy thanksgiving to all of our american north american listeners yeah i've got no idea what thanksgiving is we don't it's not an australian thing uh halloween creep has crept into our culture but uh, Thanksgiving has not, and so the only thing that I think about when it comes to Thanksgiving is is what games are going to be on. You, you, you're going to be watching the Dallas game, and I'm going to be hanging out for the Niners Seattle game. So yes. that, uh, that's going to be a that's going to be a big one uh, from my end, and I'll get to see it when I get home from work because it just it's just going to be another day for me down here. So no, no holiday, no, no day off. We'll, uh, oh, well. we'll enjoy it. But no, it's, it's good. It's all, it's good that everyone's joining us again. We really appreciate your, your continued patronage on our, on our journeys and, uh, really, uh, really hope that you enjoy everything that we bring to you. Yes, totally. We thank you every day for the support you give us. I mentioned it earlier in the week, uh, with uh, Dr. G on the uh, PTB Weekend Special. Uh, we couldn't do any of this without all of you. And uh, we thank you every day for your continued support of all of our shows here on the PTB Wrestling Network, as well as all the shows all around the quad. Of course, the PTB Pop Experience, uh, and of course, uh, the North-South Connection, uh, which of course includes the Jenny position. So we thank you for all of your support every day uh, for what you do for us. Because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. We'd be talking to... Uh, inanimate objects so (laughs) um uh and we thank you for your continued support uh, as we reach our uh 
my God. Our Are we 13th year. It'll be our 13th year. February of 2024. It'll be 13 years for, for uh, JR and I. I, rem- um, I remember, when I, yeah, I've probably been listening to almost 13 years of it. <laughs> best. You're the best, Dave. And listen, if you are as loyal and you can come speak in complete sentences, you can be like Dave Hall and become host. <laughs> <laughs> if you could speak in complete, some of us, some of us hosts can't speak in complete sentences anyway, yeah. but you know, that's... Well, I, I try to speak in, co- and then I, then I start to realize, and then I think that, and somewhere along the line, someone's going to cut me. Uh, you're the best Dave all right Uh, so thank you we appreciate your patronage we have a very fascinating episode this month this is a tough topic Dave really really went to the master class for this one because normally this is the first time and I've been thinking about this topic since Dave brought it to, to me for this month I've been thinking about this topic for a while and 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 the truth of the matter is most of the, almost all of the topics we've done here on Through the Looking Glass, Dave and I usually uh, can come up with some sort of of sensible alternate universe where something happened that did not happen in the prime universe here where we are now. However, uh, to Dave's credit, he put us behind a barrel tonight because this is about as as um, painted into a corner that we've given the flamethrower known as World Wrestling Entertainment than we do tonight. Um, I don't know what to make of this. This is going to be fascinating. This may not go the way. If you are a fanboy of the flamethrower, you may not you may not like the rabbit hole. You may not like the looking glass we look through this month because it <laughs> may not look good for WWE uh, if things happen alternately like they do here. So, uh, Dave, why don't you uh, get us started? And tell everyone what we will be uh, traveling through this evening. Yeah, well, it, it, it is. This is going to be an interesting one, like you said, Scott. So uh, I had this idea come to me a couple of months ago, and, and we sort of sat on it for, for a short time. And then we thought, let, let's give it a go. We thought we'd give it a go in November because it, it, it ties into a key event um, in, in wrestling history. Uh, and and so I, I, I just I'm going to start with a question, Scott, and 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 ask you this question. I, I just interested in that. So people talk about Mount Rushmore's. The the and again, this is another American concept because that's in America. It's nothing nothing astray. But this this you know, if if you had to name the four greatest ever wrestling superstars, all encompassing, not not best in ring and not just best character or whatever, but just the top four all time. Who would you put out there? Um, well, I think the Mount Rushmore, for me, in terms of biggest superstars, all-encompassing, doesn't necessarily just have to be in-ring. I would have to say Ric Flair... Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, and John Cena. And and I think that's the, I think that's yeah. So Sorry, I, yeah, I, I think let me just say quick. I think it's because 
I'm trying to bridge all the gaps. And uh, all four of those guys were the complete packages. And they were the faces of their time. Um, So I I think they're the ones that I think go down as the guys. Some people may say The Rock. Some say, you know, Sean or Brett. Um, But in terms of the flamethrower, if you'd say all around wrestling, those are the guys I would say. Yeah. And and I don't think, I think, you know, like you said, there'll be there'll be people who might have a person difference, but I think overall, uh, most people would agree that those four are reasonable choices. Um, and at least I think ninety five percent of listers will probably have at least three of the four on their own top top four list. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And and we talk about these people because they've had such a massive impact in the business, such a change. Like you said, they're the face of the company for a period of time or the face of the industry for a period of time. But what would happen, what might have happened in history if maybe that person didn't get to raise to the to the point that they did? And where I want to go to is, is I want to talk a little bit about Stone Cold for, for a couple of minutes because okay. – yeah, you know, November is yeah. You know, November is a, a pretty key uh, month for Stone Cold because in August of 1997, we all know that that Austin was in that match with Owen Hart, suffered his neck injury, and people weren't sure what was going to happen. And it was at the Survivor Series in November 97 where he made his return to the ring. had had his had his return match with with Owen. It was short, but it showed that he could. Yeah, his body was getting there. He was going to be able to go, and and obviously it was the it was the start of the rocket. You know, the the injury, the injury, he was already he was already on the rise. The injury made the hearts grow fonder because people couldn't see him in the ringers consistently, and it allowed them to build the character a bit more. Stunning, you know, Ross and Lawler and Slaughter, and eventually Vince McMahon, and then you know, building up to his return and then everything snowballed. Uh, Austin, you know, builds up to the Rumble 98, wins that, goes on to beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania for the title and the Attitude Era is launched, essentially, Uh on his back. He carried the industry on his back for the better part of the next three to four years. Now, I know he, he, he spent a lot of 2000 out hurt, but really... He laid that foundation, and so from sort of, you know, mid '97 to you know, and late '97 through to, you know, beginning of 2002, Steve Austin was the face of the business. But the question's always been in the back of my head: What if the neck injury, the Stone Cold, was so severe that he wasn't able to return to the ring? In, in November of 97, what if he was not able to get back in the ring? How would the business have looked? Would the WWF have been able to survive? Because there's a lot, it's it's a well-known fact, there was a lot going on for the WWF at the time. And, you know, when we tie in other, other stories and other events, I don't mean storylines, I'm talking about what we know was happening in the world. Right. We know, we know very clearly that Vince McMahon, we've, we've talked about the screw job before, and you can go back to a previous episode and you can listen to our Bret Hart episode and what might have happened if the screw job didn't occur and 
you know, go back, have a listen to that. But, you know, it, it's out there. The reason that Vince ended up screwing Bret Hart was it was to get out. You know, he had to get in getting out of the contract. He, he determined that he didn't have the money to continue to pay Bret Hart what he what they'd agreed to. And it's it's accepted that in late 97, the WWF was struggling financially and Vince didn't know where things were going to go. And it was on the back of Stone Cold that the, the company completely turned around and, and Vince becomes the billionaire that he did and, you know, builds the company, grows the company, sells the company, and then gets kicked off the board of directors by the new owners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that! Oh, we're going down that rabbit hole. I see. <laughs> so, so yeah. What might the company have looked like? How might the business have looked if Austin never was able to step back in the ring? Now, that doesn't mean that he might not have been uh, been seen on TV. Might not have still been able to utilised in other ways, but. Austin wouldn't have been the face of the company. And just to throw some other fun into this, essentially everything else that we know was happening in late 97 still happens. Brett still gets screwed by by Vince because he can't afford the contract and he's gone. Um, There's still plans to bring Mike Tyson in at Royal Rumble. And because it had nothing to do with Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker in their feud, there's a very most likely it is that Shawn Michaels would have hurt his back and we still have the same situation. So really where we're looking at is do we see who 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 takes the spot? Who who moves into that top spot in late 90, mainly early 98? And does the company have any chance of succeeding? What does it look like, Scott? You know, how does that sit with you? The concept like Austin. Austin being out, you know, it just it, it's 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 mind blowing to think how big a impact he had on the business, and he is really, you know, arguably the most popular wrestler in the history of the business. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know whether you want to sit with Hogan pre that or Austin, one of the two was definitely the most popular. A world without Stone Cold Steve Austin is really hard to picture. Uh, totally. Um, this is an interesting, uh, uh, topic, uh, Dave, because some time ago we did, like you said, we did the bread episode, which you could check on our archives, place to be.podbean.com and all your podcast catchers just go through the archive and through, through the, through the looking glass archives. And we talked about a time where the attitude era was lucrative with talent because everybody got along. Austin was still healthy. Brett doesn't leave. Sean doesn't leave. Everybody sings Kumbaya and everything's fine. Now it's the opposite. Now three of the biggest stars in the business at that moment in 1998 are all gone. Instead of keeping them, we're losing them. No Brett, no Sean, no Steve. That's gut punching for the WWF at that time. WCW was not, was, I mean, we're not going to say, you didn't go as far to say that uh, Starcade was a huge success. Cause if you did that, that's pretty easy. <laughs> we would peacock, uh, we would, uh, we, there wouldn't be an AEW because WCW would still be around. So uh, maybe somebody else starts, uh, maybe AEW starts anyway, and it's all WWF guys. Anyway, 
Um, it's. I think the one problem. I mean, you've got some guys like Undertaker, and we'll get into this as we get through the question, as we get through our 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 summaries and 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 inquiries. We do have some guys like a Mick Foley. We do have guys like a an Undertaker. Um. Unfortunately, and I'm saying actually, unfortunately, there might have been an elevated push for Triple H, who was probably not ready yet. So I don't think it would have gone well for him. We'll get more into that. Um, I think uh, I think WWF would have been in a lot of trouble if Steve Austin got hurt and never wrestled again. Um, I don't think he was enough of a star to be in a non-wrestling capacity. I'm going to put that on the table right now. I don't think so. This isn't like 2003 when he was a, a you know, bona fide star, couldn't wrestle anymore, and came back as the sheriff or all those other weirdo <laughs> positions he had. Um, I think that uh, – I don't think he had that kind of gravitas yet to um, – The character had been built enough at, um, right. in, in, at that point in late 97. It hadn't – he might have had the stunner on Vince, but he, he wasn't the the needle pusher. He wasn't the everyone, you know, waiting to, to see, you know, hang off his every word yet. Mm. Um, now, if Austin gets hurt, then, then uh, Vince doesn't get stunned at the Garden in September. Um, well, let's, let's delve through this before we uh, just start throwing things out. So... We still get Brett's gone. Uh, Michael still yeah, gets hurt. Still have the screw job, and Mark still have the screw job. Um, Shawn Michaels back is introduced to a casket hinge in San, in uh, San Jose, um, and we still get Mike Tyson. Uh, cold, cold, except he doesn't say Cold Stone. Unfortunately, he doesn't ask for ice cream. <laughs> Um, all right, here's the first big question. Who takes Austin's place winning the 98 Royal Rumble and facing Sean at WrestleMania, knowing it is HBK's last match? All right. Well, I think there's, I think on the roster at the time, I think there's two guys that could potentially move into that slot at that time, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be straight out and say I don't think The Rock was ready for it. They no, he was not. That only just put him in the nation. He'd only just started the whole Rock character. And, he's in the same he, situation. He's in the same situation Triple H was in, just yeah. not quite there yet. Yeah, not quite there yet. That's right. So you need to look at at, at a guy who can at, at someone who could be seen as able to step into that spot. Now, I'm going to I want to also highlight here that when I say I, th- I see two guys, I'm eliminating the Undertaker from the possibility list because Taker had been few was in the middle of his feud with with Shawn Michaels which in theory ends at the Royal Rumble and he's about to go into battle with Kane and they're building to Undertaker Kane at WrestleMania. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that storyline is gonna continue. We're not Undertaker is not going to be pulled 
from that storyline yet. He might move into a main event slot later, or he might move into the title picture again later, as he did. But for WrestleMania and Royal Rumble, we're not looking him. So I see two potential options. Option number one is is where is someone that sort of got slotted in there following the the screw job anyway, and that's Ken Shamrock. Shamrock okay. had the the legitimacy to him at, from a media standpoint, the ultimate fighting champion, uh, the world's most dangerous man. Um, he certainly had the ability to go in ring, and you had that that match with Michaels at, at Degeneration X in December '97 wasn't a bad match. Um, it showed that he could sit in that position, and I think if you if you built on that character a little bit more, you you could bring some justification. He's you could bring some of his legitimate background into there. Broken home, things weren't good with his with his father. I think he you know, he moved you know he's on the streets at a young age. You can talk about a guy who's had to fight all the odds all his life. Enters the the, the world of ultimate fighting and, and conquers that. Now he's come to the world of wrestling. So you could build a storyline around Ken Shamrock that you could lead up through a, a Royal Rumble and, and into a WrestleMania. I think you've got the potential there to, to have someone who can make a main event at WrestleMania acceptable. Uh, Shamrock is one. The other one that I think could have been put into that spot is Owen Hart. Uh-huh. Because you can, you can play off of the what happened the um what happened to Brett that Owen which is what you thought was actually gonna happen when he when he did come back in, in at Degeneration X where he sort of hit the ring, attacked Sean at the end of the, the Ken Shamrock match and, and it sort of gave that impression, hey, look, we're, we're heading to Sean and Owen, but then they sidetracked it and moved Owen into a battle with, with um, Hunter. And I think you could have really used that storyline and you would it would have created some animosity with, you could have created animosity with Vince, with, with Owen basically saying, you know, you fired my brother, you, you know, screwed my brother and I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to take your title. I'm going to, I'm going to take it back to the family that you didn't want in this position. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep the heart name at the top of the business. So I think there are two guys there that at least at the end of 97 and early 98, Character-wise, storyline-wise, and obviously in ring, had the ability to move into that spot to um, to win a rumble and, and main event WrestleMania. Whether they would be able to carry the company moving forward, we can talk about that in a moment. But what are your thoughts on those two from an initial start point of Winning a Rumble and, and meeting Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, knowing that they're going to end up having to win the title because Michaels is out. He's, he's going to be leaving. Um, I, uh, I love one, and I don't really love the other. Um, the one I love, and I, that was the one that was actually going to be my main choice, is, is Owen. Um, I think Owen would have been amazing. As a sympathetic character, because Brett got screwed and Owen got stuck here, and 
I think Vince could still kind of do his Mr. McMahon character, but I think in a different way, and we'll get to it um, when, we, when we talk about him. Um, maybe Owen starts saying, listen, I'm stuck here. You know, my family is off to WCW or they're gone and and I'm stuck here alone. I got, you know, my fiscally, I can't leave. So I might as well make the most of it and, and you know, reach the levels that I know I'm capable of reaching. I'm going to go to San Jose. I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. And then I'm going to go to Boston and take out Shawn Michaels, who took out my brother. And I'm going to become World Wrestling Federation champion, finally, after years of people saying I was intercontinental level. Um, and I think you could really make a great, touching, emotional story. I totally think that the the audience would be completely invested in that story uh, of Owen Hart, um, you know, trying to um, trying to vi- uh, vilify his family's legacy by winning the Royal Rumble like his brother did four years earlier and go to WrestleMania and do what he could not do, which was beat Shawn Michaels. I think that's a great story to tell. Shawn could still act like a dick and go, God, if I could beat your brother and your brother's better than you, why is this even a challenge for me? Um, that would be funny. Um, on the other hand, I am not in love with the concept of Ken Shamrock. I just don't think he had the charisma. I don't think he was, his promo skills were garbage. So I think in ring, he was amazing. And I think his style of wrestling did start to develop as a whole in the wrestling business in 98, 99. But I honestly do feel like, Dave, that that Ken Shamrock would not have grabbed the crowd's emotions like Owen would have. Ken Shamrock did not have a vested legacy in this company like, like Owen did. Owen's family goes back, not just Owen. Owen goes back to 1989 and the, the, the Blue Blazer. But... Um, the family goes back to when Brett and 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 Neidhart debuted back in 1984. So the Hart family, 15 years deep or 14 years deep in the legacy of the company and the legacy of the of the WWF and their their uh, family legacy. Um, Ken Shamrock, on the other hand. Was he a hot character? Yes. Um, but do I think it could carry a main event level story that could capture the audience at a time when it needed to? I don't think so. Um, so I definitely think Owen Hart is an exceptional choice. 
Dave. I you took you you actually you and I are on, uh, totally on the same page with that one. I don't I, think Ken, I don't think Ken Shamrock had the charisma or the affection of the audience to be that guy. That's just me. And look, I think I think I would agree with you on that. I mean, I think I, I think everything you've said about Shamrock, uh, not quite having the charisma and the connection with the audience, I I I, I think is a hundred percent right. I think when I was looking at the roster, I was trying to see who could potentially compete at that level, and he was the only other alternative I could see to um, Owen. On the roster at the time, that would fit the slot. Now, Foley was building, and I think where they were taking him was was good. But I don't think you could move Dude Love character into. Uh, you couldn't move Cactus Jack into that spot yet, as as the journey that Foley was on really wasn't quite ready to probably main event. Um, at that point, WrestleMania. And I think the Owen storyline, like we said, really, really plays into everything that was going on. I mean, you can picture it. Owen comes back. You, you could run everything through to DX the way it happened. You know, Shamrock has the title shot against Michaels. Michaels wins by DQ. Or Shamrock won by DQ. Owen attacks Michaels after the match. And then you could have the next night on Raw, Michaels out there, you know, you know, he, who is this guy I think he is? He's coming, he's attacked me, and, and Owen can come out, and Owen can say, you know, you know, Vince could even be in the ring with him, you know, and, and he could go, what have you guys done? You know, Sean, you, you know, you screwed my brother. You didn't win the match. You might have the title, but you didn't win the match, and you've made like a living hell for my family. I'm coming for you. And even just put that little bit out there, maybe not that one, but maybe the week after, after Vince does his, you know, you know and then he can sort of highlight to Vince, and you cost my brother his spot here, and I'm going to make you remember this every day. And so for the next couple of weeks, Owen just starts putting these promos out there of, this is about vindication, like you said, vengeance, um, putting my hat in the rumble. He comes into the rumble, and you could even maybe even have Sean put a bounty on Owen's head. You know, I don't want Owen coming through this. He puts a bounty on. Owen still um, wins the rumble, um, and Mike Tyson can be celebrating with Shane up in the up in the stands, cheering for Owen. And then in the build-up to WrestleMania, you know, Sean with his bad back, he could start throwing you know throwing obstacles out there. You know. You've got to beat Hunter. Um, you've got to, you've got to beat the Outlaws. You've got to, you know, whoever. You know? And each time, Owen just keeps doing that in the build-up. And then you have that. I, I sort of see that there was that pivotal moment. That there were two pivotal moments in Austin's story in the Austin McMahon build before WrestleMania. One of them is the Mike Tyson um, situation, which. I don't think Owen fits into that, and we'll, we'll, we'll deal with Tyson in a minute. Mm-hmm. But the other is that classic interview where Vince, uh, Kevin Kelly interviews Vince McMahon and says, you know, do you want to see 
stone cold as as the champion and Vince says it would be a corporate nightmare. I hell no, I don't want him to become champion. They they laid those seeds. You could almost do a very similar interview with with Vince where it's sort of like Vince can talk about how, you know, all the trouble that the hearts have caused him and, and the pain and the suffering in the in the months following, you know, following Survivor series and you know, throw in a couple of fake elements, you know court battles, having this, you know, they've been suing me and this and that and trying to take everything away from me. And, you know, there is no way I want Owen Hart in that spot. So you can lay all those all those groundwork. So leading to that match where Owen is in in there at, at WrestleMania with with Sean. And we know Sean's got the bad back and you that could you could play into that and Owen can, you know, be battling from underneath and, and Sean has that early control because he's dominant. Owen is constantly battling back. And at the end of the match, Owen gets Sean set up for the sharpshooter. And knowing that Owen's back is, uh, knowing that knowing that Sean's back is hurt, you can see Sean waving. No, no, don't do it. Don't put me in it. And in the middle of the ring, Owen just sort of steps through. And he only has to have it on for five seconds. And you could just have Sean clearly, as, as plain as anything, giving up, like, I quit, I give up, ring the bell, whatever. So Owen can then say, I, I won with the move. You you screw Brett. Brett didn't submit when you put it on him, and you gave up in an instant when I put it on. And, and Owen stands there tall, vindicated at the end of WrestleMania. I think the fans would get behind him, and I think the fans would be – would have, uh, it might not have the pop that Austin's – victory did but i certainly think you could get a good groundswell behind owen at that point yeah i agree and then um i think you can have owen uh because you have a healthy owen uh so unlike an austin where he was you know kind of still had to change his style because of what happened um um so I think that story is, is speaks for itself amazingly. Um, I think the crowd, I think the crowd will get behind Owen. Um, I think deep down, I almost think through the, even though he was a heel, even through the, the, the new generation era, he might've even been a little more well-beloved than even Brett at times. Um, I feel like younger fans of the new generation era of the mid nineties actually liked Owen more than they liked Brett. I think the older fans like Brett, but I think younger fans just getting into the bit, getting into wrestling, I think we're bigger fans of, um, we're bigger fans of, um, Owen. So I think, I think the crowd would really, um, be into, an Owen main event slot WrestleMania story build leading to um, a big win. Yeah. Uh, and, I agree. And, yeah. And the other elements you, that you could bring in a lot of that history, you know, Owen can talk about, I first joined this company in, in 1988. You know, this has been, you know, a, a 10 year journey for me. 
um, to get here. And when I first came here, you put me under a mask. You didn't want anyone to see my face. Like you, you could you could highlight this when you, you this whole playing on the Vince McMahon bit. You wanted to hide my face. You wouldn't let me compete as myself. I had to be the blue blazer. Then um, then you kicked me out. You fired me. But I, I made I forced my way back. You you know you let me go. I, I forced my way back in. And then you you pitted me against my brother. You you got us to turn on each other. You tricked me into turning on my brother and and then that you know that battle but then last year we reconciled we we saw what you were doing and we came back on the same page and you kept baiting us and you kept doing this and you know you can bring all that history of Owen I've been I've been battling and fighting for this title for 10 years and I've finally done it and play into the, you know, you can play into the history with Sean. You know, you got every opportunity, Sean, that I didn't get. You know, you had friends in the right places. And, right. And, and, you know, you played the game while I, you know, constantly had to fight and battle for everything I've ever got. And, and it really creates a game. I don't think it's to the same extent as Stone Cold, but you're creating this character that is a, it's the everyman characters. Everyone can relate to it, the struggle, the battle, the having to earn everything, you know, not not being gifted it, not being just given it the way everyone else, you know, maybe the way Sean was and the way, you know, it, it, it creates that working class image, which really was what the Stone Cold character was built around. Yeah, I think it could work uh, exactly the same way. Um I think it could work exactly the same way uh, with Owen, maybe a little different because it's a little more personal, not just for him, but for the audience. Um, now, what, I mean, we'll, we'll go after, because you have a question coming up about the rest of 98, so we'll save that because I have some ideas for what Owen can do after he wins the title. Um, uh, but we'll save that for a couple questions from now when you ask about the rest of the year booking-wise. Um, so I would have to say Owen is probably the best bet, I think. I think that's the safest bet um, for a guy, at least at least out of the gate, because we're not out of the woods yet in terms of trying to save not only 1998 WWE, but saving the company. Uh, we still got work to do. So uh, why don't you uh, uh, bring up scenario number two or dilemma number two, I guess. Well, I guess that's that, that it sort of ties in, and, and that is, does the Vince McMahon character still come about, and does it work? Like, the Attitude Era was built on the Austin versus McMahon rivalry and the way they were able to, to grow that and generate it and the way it just – um, played off each other so well that the fans it just it generated um, the interest. I mean, we talk about how big Austin was, but honestly, if we, if we want to be real, would the would the WWE have been as successful if it was just Steve Austin without Vince McMahon? And I don't think I don't think it would have been. I, I think the Vince character. Uh, was just as 
foundational and, and uh, fundamental to the success of the Attitude Era that mm -hmm. Steve Austin Would you agree with that? I do. Uh, Stone Cold, the, the character that made him was the was was you know because the whole thing at the time was we all wish we could mouth off to our bosses and and take them out for being un, unfair and tyrannical and i think those that rivalry led to stone cold's feuds with other guys so it it grew for him um so the answer is I don't think it would have been the same. And I think we I think we said that on our last episode. Now, would the if a Mr. McMahon character had been built from screwing Brett, would it have worked? Well, the answer in the beginning is yes. Because if we are going with Owen as our main event guy, clearly he could be like, listen, um, you know, I screwed your brother. You're stuck with me. So you've got to do what I want you to do. And he could end up like, you know, wrestling on, you know, jacked or, you know, <laughs> or superstars <laughs> or like totally punish him. Doesn't get raw matches, doesn't get title shots. Um, You know, something absurd happens like he has to win like 13 gauntlet matches or something to just get a rumble shot. And he could very easily go in number one because Owen's the kind of guy that can handle a number one position. So Mr. McMahon, the character, can definitely be bred from a situation with with uh, with Owen. Um, does it have the same? Does it have the same effect to the audience? Um, I guess that depends on how Owen can sell it. Um, Steve Austin sold it, I mean, amazingly well. <laughs> I think we're all comfortable in saying that. I think the, the, the difference the difference between the, in this situation would be, I think why the Vince McMahon character works so well with Steve Austin is, is in the early stages, you had this, premise this concept that Vince was looking out for what was best for business, what was best for the company. And it wasn't that he hated, well, the way they presented it, it wasn't that he hated Steve Austin. It was that his image wasn't the right image for the company. And they were able to play on that for a few weeks and build on that. And then you, know, you had those great segments on Raw where, you know, I'm not going to be molded, I'm not going to be shaped. And that led to, you know, the, the match came out of the premise of, the, the raw match came out of the premise of, you know, Vince McMahon wants someone as champion who looks and sounds like Vince McMahon. So that's that's where it came. And it was really almost felt like it was after that match mm. that it was after that raw match, non-match, where the hatred started to grow. Like you had the dude love match and, and Vince, you know, tried to screw Steve Austin. And then, you know, the, 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 the follow-up match that the hatred grew over time. I think the scenario that we're putting out there, the issue you've got is it's, it's 
a hatred of it would be a hatred of the heart family right at the beginning that is causing your your anger and so how long can you how does that play into the overall direction of the company is is Vince putting the company at jeopardy by by just having this vendetta against Owen it it, it certainly I think creates an initial um an initial interest and rivalry, but whether the character can be grown out of there is going to be the bigger issue. I don't think Owen has the charisma of Steve Austin and definitely doesn't have the mic skills of Steve Austin that where they could where be able to do the back and forth and and some of the stuff that, that happened following WrestleMania that allowed that Vince character to grow and flourish and develop um, so quickly, I, I'm not sure. It, it, for Owen, it's always going to be about you ruined my family, you've wrecked this family, and I'm just trying to, you know, get back at you. Uh, whereas, you know, where does it end for Vince? Does does Vince, if if Owen wins the title, what does Vince do then? If Owen, you know, can't be taken out, does it really? You know, does it matter for Vince? Is it going to be as big a vendetta for the company as it was? And I think that's where perhaps some of the issues for the Vince character start to be created is, you know, everything is is about the Hart family as opposed to what's best for his company. Mm-hmm. Um. That's a great analogy. Uh, I uh, I think it would be. I think again, it just comes down to how the audience would embrace it. I think a lot of the emotion comes from Owen. Is he beloved enough that he could carry the main event? Um. I'd like to think he could. Um, but Steve Austin, the other problem, because now we're getting into a question about the Attitude Era and is Owen Hart an Attitude Era guy? Do we still, you know, how, because one of the things that was great about Raw in the Steve Austin realm was the chaos mm. and the, 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 the you know, the disorganization and, and mayhem that took place on Raw and in, by 99, eventually uh, SmackDown. But we'll stick with Raw because that's really the main the main thing. That's where the crowds where Raw became must watch television because the shows were so chaotic. Is Owen that kind of character? Don't know. Being a storyline that grabs the audience and could still put butts in seats for for pay-per-views and live events and stuff, that's one thing. But when you're talking about television, which at the time, of course, was a big deal because we were battling WCW. And, of course, early 98, the war was still very much going on, uh, even though Starkey 97 was a mess. So... um, Could Owen Hart... And to that extent, Vince McMahon, Dave, bring that kind of chaos 
that Austin did? And the answer is, I don't know. Yeah, Austin brought sure. a certain kind of chaos and, and craziness to, um, you know, to this, this, uh, um, to the show and to the company in his battle with, with Vince. Is it possible here? Hard to say. And I think I think part of the part of the dilemma there lies in the the type of person that Owen Owen is, the type of character that he had been over the years. He's he's not he he's a more traditional character, and even a character who's looking for revenge for his family. It's a family guy character. It's it's this is about the family. This is about the wrongs to me. Um, and I just want to, I, I want to get the respect. I want to get the, the, the right, the earning, the, the revenge is in the winning of the title, not in giving Vince gray hairs every week and causing as much chaos as he can. And Owen was never a chaotic guy. He's a, he's that traditional baby face or heel sort of character. You know, he'll, he'll, if when he's a heel, he'll attack and he'll do the, the cheating, but he's not, he's not going to. His, his, his ring style doesn't lend itself to it either. He's not a brawler. He's a technician. He's a, he's a flyer. He's a guy who's going to craft a match. And I think that's, that's part of the, what the appeal of Stone Cold was, was as well, was anything could happen in the match. Brawl up and down the aisle. Brawl into the audience. Um, stunner out of nowhere. You know, the, the, anything could happen when he's in the ring. Owen's in ring work is very similar to Brett. You had to craft the mm-hmm. match, build a story, and I don't know that Owen could could brawl as well. Uh, and I think that was always part of the struggle. You know why I think people view Brett as a better in ring wrestler than Owen in some cases. Some people um, mm-hmm. in that overall thing is that Owen didn't really have the brawling capabilities where Brett did seem to be able to bring it out a little bit. Um, so right. I, I think that creates, it, it does have an impact on the, do I want to tune in? I like the story, but do I, is it, is it must watch? Will it matter if I miss a week? Like if I miss a week of Owen, um, am I going to be, will the recap next week just tell me oh, Owen had another good interview or he, he, you know, has built the story towards the next match Whereas with Steve Austin, it was I've got to I've not I've got to see it I've got to hear it I've got to witness it because anything can happen when he gets in that ring. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know that that's Owen. Uh, yes, I think I, I do I do agree with you on that. And I think it kind of goes along with what I was saying about the the controlled chaos. I just don't think Owen has that kind of um part to his personality or to his move set. I think I agree with you. I think, I think that kind of brawling, I don't think, uh, I don't think would be very easy to, to come by with him, you know? Um, so I think when you ask about, a, you know, is there a legit main eventer? Uh, yeah, there definitely is. Uh, but is your does he bring um does he bring 
um, the chaos and the excitement to the television programming that it needed against WCW, which obviously was the number one issue at the time. And the answer is probably not. I think The Rock, over time, would would be that guy. I don't know how long he would take, but he would be that guy. Um, now, I will say this. I want to add a codicil to this to this one, Dave, before we move on. I do feel like, I, I will say this, in this alternate universe, if Owen was a main eventer throughout 98 and into 99, I don't think he ever puts on the blue blazer suit, I don't think he gets on the harness, and I don't think he dies. Uh, I know I agree with you on that. So, so in this universe, Owen lives through however long he wrestles till he retires or whatever. Um, but WCW at the time was still kind of bringing the goods. WCW didn't really f- screw things up until the end of 98 into 99. As bad as, as Starcade in 97 was executed, uh, 98... WCW, still at least at the beginning, was still winning. And if WWF was not um, grasping the audience enough, then we may have gone past 82 weeks. Absolutely. And I think WCW may have. Now, we'll get more to WCW later on in our, later on because you have a separate question about that or a separate topic about that. Um, but. You made a good point before. I've been trying to, I've been wrapping my head around it about Vince's um, value. We're talking about um, his dislike for the Hart family as compared to his value of his company, which is what his issue with Steve Austin was. Um, I like that angle that you just gave, that you said, Dave, because it is very different. If it's a storyline just about the hearts, that's nice, but how long does that go? That's the question. That story ends at WrestleMania. Um, I don't know how long a, oh my God, I can't believe a heart is world champion. Well, your, his brother was five-time champion. What's the big fucking deal? So... That is where the staying power of the creative becomes a problem. How long, I think the build of Owen to become champion um, is, a, it works, it, is fine from December to the end of March. And maybe for a couple months after that. But... Throwing Dude Love at him and throwing Kane at him, similar to the guys that Austin dealt with in 98, would it still have the same oomph? Does Steve Austin versus Undertaker at SummerSlam at Madison Square Garden bring you that oomph? Probably not. And then we possibly, uh, Dave, start talking about... and. 
and I'm curious. Let me see. I'm looking at our questions. Do we get there? Role in the company. Uh, how would the new champ be booked? Add a stare. Okay. Because if I'm speaking out of turn, or if we haven't gotten to this yet, tell me. Because at some point in the middle to back end of 98, we're still not rushing Triple H, and we're still not rushing The Rock to get to the level they'll eventually get to. Which brings you this question. Does Vince McMahon start to sneak into WCW and start trying to poach guys back? That, that's, Does that's he try a- to get Kevin Nash back? Does he try to get Scott Hall back? Shit, does he try to get Hulk? Well, Hogan, no, because he was pretty... Even in 98, Vince... Uh, Hogan was still pretty entrenched at the top of the card in 98. So, no, I don't think he gets Hogan back. But, you know, does he poach ECW? You know? Because I think the main problem we have here, Dave, if we work with Owen as champion, is that storyline does not have the legs that Steve Austin as champion has. That's not, absolutely. That's the problem. And, and I guess that, that's where the next, the next sort of part of the journey starts to tie in is, is well, well, where do you go? If Owen wins the title at WrestleMania, what does the top of the card look like over the next few months? Like you said, does, does, does throwing the, the dude loves and the canes and then like Undertaker at, at Owen work as well? And I think, you know, I think I agree with what you're saying. I don't know that it does. I, I I don't know that you can move into the dude love story because the dude love story was about dude love being the corporate image that Vince McMahon wanted. Correct. And that's that's not the journey we're going down here. We're going down a journey of revenge. Does does maybe Vince throw a couple of monsters at him? Maybe he throws Maybe we don't get the, the initial rematch between Undertaker and Kane at, at the, the following month. Maybe it is, you know, maybe we get a Kane match and maybe we get a, you know, Triple H or who, you know, whoever, Rock, and, you know, you get these undercard guys that are being built, but you, you may have two or three of those, you know, match of the month sort of thing. Very, it almost feels like you've almost got to run the, Owen's just going to battle a, a, a different guy each month to just, you know, it's the I'll be champion, I'll fight whoever you put before me, and it's the next one and the next one. And perhaps perhaps you may still get the Undertaker match, but I don't know if you can wait all the way to SummerSlam because the question is, or, or maybe you get a, a, a Foley match, but whether you can wait all the way till SummerSlam is the question because – how long can Owen carry the belt for? I think at some point you're going to start to look at, do we put the belt on The Undertaker or possibly Mick Foley in, in the guise of either Mankind or, you know, I think probably moving back into the Mankind role. Um, do, do you look at putting the belt back on one of, uh, back on them, maybe more The Undertaker, because right. of the, the image that the Undertaker portrays, he's that larger-than-life person. He is that guy that can that, that some of the chaos does element from, and he 
he can wrestle a good guy or a bad guy. It doesn't matter. So it could be that Vince sort of goes, I'm putting you in a match against The Undertaker um, as just the next match of the month, but it's Undertaker who 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 ends the run, whether it be it a King of the Ring or a, or a fully loaded or whether you get all the way to SummerSlam, I'm not sure. I, I, it, it, you might be able to get all the way to SummerSlam, but I, I worry whether or not Owen could have kept the momentum that far. And people may have been ready for him to lose a title by then. Um, and will it have had much of an impact? Will it draw, will it draw a buy rate? Do people want to buy Owen versus Undertaker at, at, Survivor, at SummerSlam? Um, is it going to generate a viewing or do you need to get the belt off Owen earlier? What are your thoughts? How do you see the top of the card sitting? Well, I do think that I do think Owen can last for a little while, maybe through the summer. Um, but I do think that Undertaker is one you pay attention to. Um, I think Kane is one you pay attention to. Um. I think maybe you maybe you could use even though they're feuding with DX maybe you know maybe because uh, DX eventually turns babyface maybe you use a Farouk uh, to get a title shot because Owen's like oh you were in the nation well I guess he, they were never in the nation I guess in our world he's never in the nation so that doesn't even make any sense um I don't know, maybe Farouk gets a title shot. Maybe The Rock, kind of like a Randy Orton in 2004, except he doesn't win, gets a kind of a token title shot at, say, Fully Loaded or something. Yeah. And we build to Owen and, you know, Owen and Taker. But Owen starts to, you know, Owen's got to start to be a little crazier. Maybe by that point, you know, I also want to say this, Dave, I don't want a short shrift um Owen's ability to be kind of a maniac. Let's well, not I, I don't want to I don't want to totally uh shut him out of that. I think he would certainly try. I mean um he was kind of nutso with with when when him and um Pillman worked together a little bit. Obviously based on the era it was a little more curtailed, but you know, maybe he could go that far. Um Mick Foley is still healthy. I could see him as I could see maybe him being Cactus Jack as a heel. Um, I got a guy you could reinvigorate if you try to build him up again without really you know cutting his balls off. Maybe Vader. Ooh. Um, you know maybe Vader could uh be rebuilt a little bit you know they worked together in 96 um and you know maybe they could they could go somewhere with that um that, 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 that yeah that, but again we're coming back to 
it's it's the the opponent of the month. It really feels like it's the opponent of the month. Each month he's getting someone different. Yeah. I hate that feeling sometimes, but unfortunately, I don't know what more we could do. Um, uh, um, I think that by August or September, it does start getting a little old. Um, it's amazing how much the main event was very Austin heavy throughout all of 98, which makes this discussion very problematic because um, there's not a lot of main eventers throughout and 98. Think, no, and I think I think the the other thing that's at work through 98 is that, like you said, we've got guys that are being built underneath that aren't quite ready. And, and I think the two key ones there are Triple H and The Rock because their journey through 98, the, the feud that they had leading up through to SummerSlam really creates a foundation for their characters, which, which in, this, in this world could remain completely untouched. You can still have DX versus The Nation. You can still have The Nation, DX causing the chaos, which creates surmise and they become that chaotic element which right which owen might not be able to do as well you still are able to build that uh, um that rock triple h rivalry you know right through to the um the ladder match at SummerSlam. and i think the benefit you have is coming out of SummerSlam, you've got the rock just about in the right spot because he was he's just about in the right spot they gave it a couple more months and then by Survivor Series, he was ready to move into the top spot. And I think you could you could work something like that. Like I said, you're probably going to end up taking the title off Owen at some point. Um, now, whether you can get all the way to Survivor Series with Owen, I don't know. I, I, like I said before, I think you're probably going to end up putting the belt on Taker uh, and, and letting Taker have another couple of months run. But I think the element building underneath it is you're going to build to a point where the rock is going to move into the top spot. And how he does it, how they do it could be very different. But whether he goes into the role as a as a face, um, you can have the um, the groundswell that had got behind the rock in in the build-up to Survivor Series, we could still very well be there. He became very popular. And the people were ready to crown him. Um, and I think it was because of their desire to have a man, uh, uh, Austin Rock main event at WrestleMania that they returned him heel at Survivor Series and, and, and were able to work him with Vince. But you could very easily build up to The Rock as a good guy, moving into a top spot at the end of the year. Maybe you don't have him go straight into the title picture until the following WrestleMania. But I think your build is that The Rock is going to be the man who's going to be developed over the year. And by the end of the year, he's ready to be in the main event picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you uh, shotgun him into, a, into the title... Uh, around Survivor Series or whether you wait 
for the following WrestleMania. And that may actually be the way to go because then you can use WrestleMania as the rocks crowning. Uh, it might be that you have a heel. It might not be Undertaker who takes the guy off. Maybe you bring someone in. Maybe you need to bring in someone from, like you said, maybe someone from WWE gets poached. Maybe you bring back a Nash or a Hall. Maybe you bring back a Randy Savage. You bring back someone who can be the outsider coming in, takes the belt off Owen. Uh, Vince can, you know, you can still utilize the Vince character. Vince can say, I've bought him in from WCW, put him straight into the title picture and set it up that Owen loses the belt. Owen can have a, you know, and I know that could be, like I said, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's one of those guys we've just said, whether it's bringing, maybe you poached Diamond Dallas Page who had earned his spot in WCW during 97, 98. Maybe you poach him to crown him. Um, and so in late 1998, Vince steals someone from WCW, puts him straight in the title picture, puts the belt on them as a heel and as his chosen champion while The Rock has become the people's champion. And then you build it. Rock wins the Rumble, goes to WrestleMania, and at WrestleMania, the following WrestleMania 15, it's the Rock is crowned the champion with the groundswell that would probably have him as the most popular person in the company at the time, right? And with the with the character to be able to carry the company. I think that's a great idea. I think I think uh, you know elevating Rock a little earlier to the point where ninety nine he becomes the hot guy instead of two thousand. Um, I think just bridging the gap to the back end of ninety eight. Um, uh, is really would be the only problem because I think rock would be ready by 99. If you work him good enough, you skip the whole deadly games thing. We have a different kind of survivor series in 98, which we've talked about in a past episode. And, um, by the time you get to the spring of 99 rock would probably be ready. And Um, the fans would be clamoring for it. Yeah. And then you could still build Triple H as a killer heel, and then everything after that would be fine. Um, So really the only thing you would have to kind of really work on creatively without really struggling would be somehow getting through the summer fall of 99, of 98, if Owen's run kind of comes to an end. Because I don't know if Owen is the kind of guy like a Steve Austin would have been that can carry a storyline so far. I mean, if you think, Dave, the storyline with Stone Cold went all the way into the middle of 99. Yeah. And, uh, and, only, and only really ended because he was starting to struggle with, with his neck injury again. Correct. Yeah. So if, you could, if we could somehow bridge the creative gap there late, late summer through the fall of 98 – 
and then Rock maybe wins the Rumble in 99, the crowd's kind of behind him, you find some heel and Rock is your coronated champion in Philadelphia. And uh, and then we go from there. You can pull that off. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, that, but But keeping the crowd invested until you get there, that's the challenge. And, and it might be that you've got to hot shot the title a couple of times. Maybe it's got to bounce around. But I think the, the key is, like I said, I, I wonder if the key is needing to, like you suggested earlier, Vince needs to steal someone from WCW. He needs to, he needs to convince a top-level person to jump over so that you've got someone else in that can sit in that main event slot for a period of time because – you know, you can't. I, I, you know, you could potentially put Foley in there. The field, we know, but you need that. You need a place sitter until you you crown the Rock. And I could really see you bring someone in from WCW, and then Mick Foley can still. You can have the same thing that happened, you know, in in late '98, early '99, where 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 Mick is playing that legitimizes the other person in that slot by bouncing the title back and forth between them. You you can still have that Mick Foley Mankind character um, and Mankind gets his moment in the sun that ends up dropping the title back and, and he doesn't go into WrestleMania with it. I think you just need a person who can sit in that heel spot uh, mm-hmm. for The Rock to take over. And I'm not sure that the Undertaker really is the one to fit the heel spot. And I don't think Mick Foley is the one to fit the heel spot. So it really feels like you've got to bring someone in, someone from the outside. And I don't know that there's anyone really in WC, uh, in ECW by late night, unless you brought in Taz, but I don't know that Taz was big enough to be a main event heel for Vince. And we saw that when Taz did actually arrive in the company. Um, I, I just don't know that ECW have anyone big enough. No, I don't think so. Both physically and yeah, I don't think so. Business sense to do it. So it, it, it just, I, I, you know, I just, I, it just to me, it comes back to either that or you, you, at the back end of 98, you turn Ken Shamrock heel. And, and the heel Ken Shamrock, the crazy heel Ken Shamrock, would perhaps, you know, have a little title run there mm-hmm. uh, in, late, in, late 90, in late 98. And, you know, go back and forth with, with Foley. Uh, you've got Shamrock in that role temporarily ready to hand the belt over to The Rock at WrestleMania. You know, maybe maybe uh, Vince makes Shamrock just this like assassin kind of thing. You know, where he maybe he doesn't do a lot of the talk and he just breaks ankles and becomes just an absolute terror. You know, with, that with I Vince, could see for Shamrock with Vince egging him along, Vince Vince behind him, like he you know I brought him into the UFC and I'm going to use him. That I could see, Dave. With Shamrock. As a baby face, I don't think so. But as a stone cold, no pun intended, killer, um, that I could get behind. And, and then you've got to, then, then you, 
and you've got to reverse. You know, we we know that we know that the Rock and, and Ken Shamrock have great chemistry in the ring. They had good matches. And yes, so, and so a a heel Shamrock versus a babyface Rock at WrestleMania 15, I, I would probably be a very good match. And you know, as I said, with the crowd clamoring and ready for the Rock to ascend to the top, you probably got someone then who can take the company to the next level, which they're probably, yeah, I, I think we've, we've acknowledged they probably weren't going to get there with Owen Hart sitting in that spot. They're probably not going to get to the next level. Right. No. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably the question. I know we're getting, I think that's what's come, what our next question is going to be. Um, But Owen Hart, like I said, I think Owen Hart would be a good guy from Montreal or from the month after Montreal, December 97, to WrestleMania. And he could probably roll with it for at least two or three months. But then after that, probably not. Probably not. I think the well runs dry on that. Yeah, and and I think you know, like I said, perhaps you you put the title on Taker for a couple of months, and then you uh, you turn Ken Shamrock. You allow Shamrock to be become like you said the killer uh, for Vince's hired gun, and you know he could win the belt from he could win the belt from Undertaker at like Survivor Series, and he and he and Foley have a back and forth. And then you go through to, to Mania. So, yeah, I, I think, but I just don't, I don't think it, it doesn't have the, I just don't see the crowd, the, the, the fans clamoring to see that journey. But I do see them getting in behind the rock. And, and I think that's where, where I sort of, I think this journey sort of, the, the, the last question I've got here that the journey comes to is without, Without Stone Cold in that spot, does the WWF or the Attitude Era reach the same heights that they did and reclaim the top spot from WCW? Does it happen eventually? Um, I, I think, you know, I think we've sort of already acknowledged that they're, they're probably going to struggle to get there in early 98. And you, you mentioned it before, the 82 weeks is probably going to be longer. And... You need to think, I think there's a couple of counters on that because if you look at it from a WCW point of view, a lot of the mistakes they made in 1998 were a direct result of the rise of Austin and being and losing the ratings battle for the first time. I mean, if if Austin doesn't ascend, do we get the hot shotting of the title onto Goldberg at the Georgia Dome? Or is Bischoff smart enough to realise I've got something here with Goldberg? Let's build it up. Let's put it on pay per view and let's let's crown Goldberg the way he should be crowned. Hold off for a couple of months. Does does he stop? You know, trying to find the quick fix. I, I think without losing a couple of those ratings, I think he's willing to be a little more patient because he's sitting there going. 
I'm on top. I can wait. We waited with Sting and look at the money we made. We can wait with Goldberg and we'll make a ton of money again. I think, you know, WCW can hold out. And I think in 98, WCW probably aren't making those mistakes as, as quickly. I think the mistakes still get made. I think that the NWO um, storyline was carried too long. We've talked about that before on another episode. But I do think that the rise of The Rock would put that, that reign in jeopardy. I think mm-hmm. eventually, I think The Rock, who The Rock was, how he came through to the top spot, and I think being the one that the fans get behind in, in late 98, early 99, I, I do think would be the turning point for the company. So do I think the WWF reaches the same heights? Yes, but probably not for another 12 months. What about you, Scott? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a struggle to try to keep up with uh, with uh, with WCW because they don't have that guy. There's not a guy. Austin made a big deal in this battle, and I just don't think Owen Hart in the beginning and uh, and uh, anybody else at this moment is going to do is going to to take them out yet so yeah i think it's going to be very hard for for wwf to catch up and maybe w now having said that i still think and you had said this to me dr g said it to me because i actually mentioned it to him today that you uh, when that you and i were going to do the show and he said he still thinks wcw was going to screw things up um yeah. and he's probably not wrong <laughs> uh because that didn't that had nothing to do with wcw that was an internal problem um i mean yeah being down in the Monday Night Wars eventually did obviously cause other strife that maybe would have not lasted as long. Maybe Bischoff sticks around longer and we don't get Vince Russo, um, you know, because we don't, you know, WCW doesn't make any changes because they're still winning. But as you, as we've seen on, on, you know, DVDs and documentaries and stuff, WCW still had its own internal management issues that had nothing to do with, you know, WWF or Monday Night Wars or any of that kind of stuff. It was about Time Warner not liking wrestling, even though it was making the money. Um, but I do think that WWF would have struggled to get to that point of, uh, um, of catching WCW by not having that silver bullet in Steve Austin. It's amazing how important he was to the company at that time. Um, because the roster, if you look at, I mean, we're trying tonight, Dave, but if you look at that roster top to bottom in 98, it's not that good. It's really not that good. The mid card's kind of a mess. I mean, do you elevate, how about this guy? He's there and he's a guy Vince could, Do we dare say that Vince makes Jeff Jarrett the chosen one before Vince Russo makes him the chosen one? 
I, I don't think Vince. I don't think Vince ever really saw much in in Jeff Jarrett. I really don't. I think the only time that Jeff ever showed Vince anything uh, interesting was um, in in mid '99, just before he left the company, where he you know took the haircut, had a bit of attitude, and and was doing the whole beating up on the women. I, I think Vince. Never saw him anything as um, a bit player, you know the 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 country music singer gimmick. It's yeah, you, know, you just get the feeling that Vince sort of there are a lot of people over the years that Vince has sort of typecast in his mind. They fit this mold and they're this level, and nothing's going to change his mind. Right. Because I think if he was going to do anything with Jared, he would have done it when Jared first returned. And he didn't. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the roster. Because Steve, Steve, the, the, the thing, the other thing that made Steve Austin so great in that stretch is he totally dominated the main event and kept the, kept the audience captivated on him and Vince while at the same time, giving the roster a chance to grow and build in the mid card until we had guys like Rock and guys like Triple H and, and that, you know, an evolution of of Undertaker. And then eventually we get the Jerichos and the Kurt Angles and that kind of thing. So, but without a solid main eventer to keep you invested while the, while the roster kind of goes in flux, now you've got to rush things. And now you've got to try to be a little more creative and, and bring some guys in that could maybe lead you to the promised land. And uh, it, I think it becomes a bit of a struggle. The roster is just not that deep. Didn't think we'd ever think about that problem, but then again, we we had Steve Austin, you know. Yeah, and and so. it really was they they'd done such a turnover. It, it was a roster that it was built for the future. With a lot of that roster in '98, uh, the stars of 2001, 2002, your edges, your Christians, your right. You know, Parties. These guys who who come through had a few years of seasoning, but they were not. Like you said, they just they were not in that position in, in ninety in ninety eight. They were newcomers. They were, you know, they had to earn their position. The fans had no idea who they were. Even you know, even guys who've been on the roster for a few years, your Bradshaws, your Farouks, you know, these are guys that you know were not viewed as top level guys. Um, and yeah, you know, they weren't going to. That wasn't going to change in, in the space of a couple of months. So that the, the depth of the roster is was so short, and and I think that's why the, the it was not as noticeable, like you said, because Austin's carrying the main event. The Austin McMahon storyline is what the main event is about, and everything was weaving in and out of that. The Undertakers, the Canes, the the Dude Loves. It was all weaving in and out of that storyline. So they they come in and become a part of the Austin McMahon story, and then they go off and do their own thing with one of the guys that are still rising up the ranks. Mm-hmm. And they come back in, they go back out, you know, and that's what they were able to do over the course of that year because Steve was carrying the primary storyline week to week, even if he wasn't the champion the whole time. Um, without Steve, you just you don't have that 
core foundation. Because like, like I think we were saying, the Owen-Vince storyline does not become the, the, the centre of the entire company. You're going to need to rely on the other guys and they're just not quite... You, you, you're going to put focus on them. And, and, and Triple H and Hunter, they did their... Uh, Triple H and Hunter. Triple H and The Rock. <laughs> they did their bit and they grew together. But outside of them, you you don't have you know you you're relying on guys to to be ready before they are, and it's not it's not going to uh, it, their weaknesses their shortcomings are going to be highlighted more if the focus isn't on something else the the Austin McMahon story weave, um, which you know that can have an impact. Fans are going to go, oh gee, I, why do I want to watch him for? He's he's not that good yet. I'm not ready for it. Right. Yeah. So, which brings us to one more. You have two more questions here. Um, one of them, I think, is an easy one. Um, the question, the next question here is, um, and I kind of, we kind of answered it earlier, Um and that is, you have here, does Austin play a role in the company if he can never wrestle again? And in my opinion, the answer is no. I don't think he had the gravitas yet to be a guy that could be a, a, an, an, an on-screen character without being a wrestler. 2003 was okay because the roster was, by then he had kind of hit his peak. And we had a bunch of other young guys and we had the Brocks and, you know, all that kind of stuff and the Eddies and the Jerichos and all that. In 98, uh, I don't think anybody was going to want to see him if he can't wrestle. I don't think he would have been. I don't think he had reached that level. I might be wrong. You might maybe you disagree. I just don't think he had that that uh, level yet to be. um you know, to be at that level of a guy who can can be on TV and not wrestle when he really hadn't built the resume yet. I mean, he hadn't even been world champion yet. Yeah. So yeah. my answer, my answer to that question is a very easy. No, I don't think he, I don't think he does. But that's just me. What do you? Now, think? Look, I, I think I agree with you. I don't think he can be a, a regular on-screen character. He, in the in the first yeah he could make an occasional appearance but I don't think it's ever going to be to the you know when he makes an appearance like you said after he's been champion after after his character is cemented and he, you know the glass shatters and everyone's excited to see him because he's Steve Austin uh, right. I don't know if he never got back in the ring I don't know that he holds that that level everyone would be I think in the first few months it'd be oh we we, we are disappointed that he's that he's had to retire because of this injury. And there would be a bit of a, we want to see him pop out. And we want to, we respect that and we feel bad for him. But eventually that, that just, that nostalgia dis disappears. I do think he could play an ongoing role in the company though, because his ability on the microphone, perhaps you move him into a color commentary role. Perhaps he becomes your next Jesse, the body. Um, you know, Perhaps. can't compete anymore, and you know you you consider moving him into a commentary role. Uh, I could certainly see Vince wanting to look after 
Steve. Because the way the injury happened and the trajectory he was on, you know Vince is going to sit there and go, my goodness, this is happening in my ring um, when we're in the middle of building him. You just know Vince is going to go out of his way to to look after Steve for as long as he could. And the one way I could see it happening would be put him on the microphone. Whether it be as, uh, you know, whether, whether they replace the king although I don't know in 98 that they would want to. But certainly when you um, when you launch SmackDown, maybe Steve Austin in 99 becomes the voice of the second TV, like the color commentator of the second TV show. Um, I, think people, I think people would be open to that. I think he, he certainly has the mic skills to carry it. Hmm. Uh, I could see that, sure. I could see him being an announcer. But I don't think that would be um, – I, I guess I was probably thinking more along the lines of somebody that could move the needle from a creative viewpoint. Um, but if just having him in the company at all, yeah, I could see that, sure. I could definitely see him being a, a, an announcer um, if he wanted to. That's I think that was – you know, Steve would, Steve would probably be crushed at not being able to, uh, to wrestle again. So um, – I think we'll have to see, you know, how that plays out for him personally. But sure, I could definitely see, uh, I could definitely see that happening. Sure. And, um, and just, just, you just, I just had this thought that, you know, what, what you said there, he'd be crushed if he wouldn't be able to continue to compete personally, and I agree with that. And I, I want to throw one other thing in the mix, which would be a big impact on his mindset and whether he would want to stay around. Is at the same time he's out hurt is when Brian Pillman passes away. Yeah. And we know that Pillman and he were very close. Um, that friendship they developed as the Hollywood Blondes was still there. And so you'd have to wonder if 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 Steve would want to stay around involved in the business that cost him, that that's created this injury for him and cost him one of his closest friends. Correct. Yeah. That's that's a great point because he would have taken that very seriously. That's that's how Vince is. Uh, that's how uh, Steve is. You know, he would have that would have killed him. You know. Um. So. Yeah, I I, I uh. Be hard for him. I think it'd be hard for him emotionally. Um. But you never know. I think I think maybe be, maybe being close to the business by being an announcer would be something that would make him feel better. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if that would don't know if that would move the needle for the company. But it, I mean, if it would help him, then I think that would be you know I think that would be fine for him. Uh, but. Um, yeah, it's a tough one there because I don't know. You're right. Austin loses his best friend in October and then one month later, you know, or not one month later, you know, Austin gets hurt, can never wrestle again. And then two months later, he loses his best friend. Maybe he can't handle it. You know. So, all right, well, why don't you bring us to our final topic? Because this one has long standing ramifications of the business. 
does and and that's that's what what where we were coming to before. Does the WWF ever reach the same heights that it did? Does the WWF is it able to reclaim that spot from WCW? Um, does it? Does, is it able to stay financially viable? Like, is Vince able to turn it around? And and that's the question. I I I really wonder if in '98 whether what we've even presented is going to be enough to create the financial growth that they they did experience. Like, it, does it just continue at the same way it was in '97? And is Vince going to be struggling financially? Is the company gonna gonna be struggling to compete? And and you know, we've already noted they're probably not going to be taking a rating spot from WCW in 98. Is that going to have a longer... Are they going to be... Do they keep TV spots? Do they do they keep their position in the industry? It's, um, it's a really hard question. It is a hard question to answer. I do think the WWF would have stayed in business. I don't think Vince would have ever gone out of business. No. Um, I think he was too smart for that. He, he's proven that. And I think with the with the rock rising underneath, I think there would have been an element where Vince could see the money that would that come from the rock. I think everyone knew the rock was going to be special. Uh, and it might just be we've just got to keep we've just got to keep waiting. We've just got to keep biding our time. We're in a down patch, but we're gonna come out of it. But would they have would they have taken the spot back, the number one spot back from WCW? That's 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 a that's a question. Like like you said before, WCW ended up imploding. But would would it have been as fast um, without the WWF's success? You know. I think in the end, WCW would have imploded anyway. Like, I agree with you on that. And mm. I think the backstage stuff, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff would have got too much for them. I think they could have stemmed it for a while. Like I, like I said, I think, to me, one of the biggest first nails in the coffin was hot-shotting the belt onto Goldberg rather than build to a big payday. They could have built that storyline for a few months, had a massive payday, but I think that would have been the last, as it was in, in in reality, the last great moment before the company started imploding on itself because they didn't know what to do moving forward once they once that ended. They didn't mm-hmm. know what to do with him and they didn't know how to move, how to build around him. And they too much going on. You 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 had the Nashes and the Hogans and their backstage stuff. You had Bischoff. Bischoff has, has said I've I've on his own podcast, that he was burning out. He wouldn't have made it much longer. Um, with all the with all the other political stuff with with Turner, I think they would have imploded. Uh, but would WWF have ever reached the same heights? You know, I don't. I I don't. Without Steve Austin, I don't think WWF was it would have ever been able to go public. I don't think they would have been able to to create the company model that they did. They would eventually probably still be the main show in town when WCW dies, 
but do they have the ability to build to what we have today? With WCW gone and they're the only show in town, they're probably able to build up from that point. They become the de facto number one. But whether they, when they take over, like I said, you know, you're looking at at least 12, 18 months, I think, before they're going to move into the top spot. And at that point, WCW is about to die anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, the Attitude Era was born of Steve. The middle fingers, the beer drinking, the swearing, the stunning of Vince, the not giving a shit what he says or does. I don't think the Attitude Era properly properly happens um i think vince and and the writers now vince russo who was with the company obviously and kind of helped be one of the guys that 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 was the genesis of the attitude era i think he would have come up with something of you know toughening up the the image of the company and maybe the candor of the creative um but i do think that Without Austin, it doesn't have that same it. You know, it doesn't have that same something. Uh, it doesn't have that same something that um, that uh, that would have happened if Steve was there. Um, I still think WCW goes under. I think WWE becomes a more viable. Listen. I think Goldberg, I think Vince would have been more aggressive at reaching out to guys earlier on. Um, maybe Vince is, maybe Goldberg is pissed off at the way the end, at what happens to him in 1999, you know, with the finger poke, you know, and he gets booted and NWO just ruins everything. Maybe Vince goes, oh, so I heard you're a little unhappy. And then all of a sudden, instead of the big show, at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, maybe Goldberg comes through the ring. So I think that, uh, I do think that, that WWE approaches the aggressiveness of going after players as, uh, uh, players, wrestlers, as a, uh, <laughs> a different way. Um, because he's still in the fight. But I agree with you. I think internally, I don't think he has the 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 oomph to become a. Um, I don't think he has the oomph to become a uh, a, a public company. I don't think all that happens because uh, I just don't think he gets to that point for a while. Do I think eventually WWE becomes a publicly traded company? Yes, but does he do it in two thousand? Maybe not. Maybe it becomes maybe like 2005 or 2004. Have to be when up. the John Cena's. Yeah, WCW dies. You're the only show in town. You've got all the. I think he still would have bought. Um, he would have bought the the tape library from WCW, and then that. Yeah, he still would have done that. Yep. And then I think that becomes the catalyst. You know, he can start to build that broader empire of the. The DVDs and the the you know twenty four seven and and from there the groundswell would create the environment to maybe go public. 
that definitely happens. But I think it happens maybe three years after it did. That it originally did. I don't know what the I think the question we have to ask ourselves is. What do what will we as the fans think of a WWE where there is never a Steve Austin in that run? And what will the tone of what will the tone of of uh, WCW or WWF be? What would the creative tone be? Um, uh, because Steve Austin was the one that kind of brought out the that side of people, that side of 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 the the tone of the company that was his baby i don't know if it would have i don't know if it would have been that direct now did it make a lot of money for them yes i wonder if they i the other thing i think of is do they become more um do they become more mm, That's what I'm thinking of. Acceptable to the masses. Like it did, you know, um, like it did in the Federation era. Or does the Attitude Era actually go and coincide with the way television and society was by the late 90s? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. I think... I think the only person who could have helped them become acceptable to the masses again would have been The Rock. The yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And the crossover appeal that he brought. Um, you know, there's, there's always there's something special about him. But I don't think they have the crossover appeal, you know, that they had. They, they definitely don't have it the way they did in, in 98, 99. Uh, it, it doesn't, they're not going to have that mainstream acceptance. Because, because, like you said, people, the, 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 that acceptance was built on, um, on who Austin was and what he was doing, the fingers and the chaos and the, the, the swearing and, and stuff like that. And, right. as much, and in my opinion, in my opinion, as much as Eric Bischoff would like to think that the NWO was this countercultural thing, I, I believe the NWO and WCW really harnessed in on the wrestling fan base, but it wasn't until Steve Austin, Steve Austin's star rose that the mainstream looked at the wrestling business. And WCW were able to capitalise on that mainstream element mm-hmm. after, after it had already been... The groundswell came, but I don't think that groundswell comes without Steve Austin. Uh, no, it does not. It's 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 a it's a struggle. I think wrestling doesn't. I, I think wrestling doesn't uh, doesn't get to the point pop culture wise um, that it did. Because without Steve Austin, because the problem was, uh, the problem was, 
WCW wasn't getting promoted by its own, you know, by its own company. That's right. So if they weren't doing the promoting, I don't think WWE had the had the the, the gravitas like it did when it had Steve Austin in that run to be able to do it themselves. So that's another problem. How the company would have been attracted by the masses if they weren't as edgy as um, they would end up becoming. So it's interesting. Does ECW stick around? No. The, 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 the question we're asking ourselves here is strictly within WWE. The business troubles of both WCW and ECW were not avoided because of this. That's why we're not in, the, in our alternate universe. We can't change that because really what we're talking about tonight has nothing to do with them. So we're going to assume that WCW still lasts and gets sold in 2001 and that ECW goes out of business in the beginning of 2001. Um, and, uh, and WWF still is solvent to where they're surviving, but the struggle to get to that multimedia platform of invincibility that they would eventually have, I think, takes a few years longer. And I think The Rock would be to thank for that. And, and eventually he, John Cena. But I think Cena only comes on the back of The Rock. If you don't have The Rock, I don't think Cena is going to get the shot or the opportunity because it was only when he was able to express the character in the edgy way that, that it was done. But it was a way that was, you know, that we'd seen before with your Austins and your Rocks. So. Correct. Does he get that opportunity? Does he get the thing? And and here's here's the ultimate question to finish us up on. If we don't get the attitude era the way we do, then does Scott Criscolo and Justin Rosero start place to be podcast? Probably. Yeah, probably. Because we started at WrestleMania one, so we <laughs> love wrestling regardless. You know, so I'd like to think so. I mean, maybe maybe the. Uh, Maybe the podcast uh, landscape is different. Maybe him and I think of, you know, decide on different, different themes. I think him and I would have eventually done something anyway. And One thing right. I will say, Dave, regardless of whatever alternate universe through the looking glass we go through in any episode, Justin and I will always be there. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going anywhere. <laughs> and we'll grow the same way we grew here in the prime. In the prime universe. Having said that, you and I are about to disappear. Um, great show. Thank you for listening. Uh, that was a fun one, Dave. You really made me chew my... Uh, you, usually, you really made me have to chew on it. I'm impressed. That was one of the tough ones. Unfortunately, I think... I think, well, I think our ultimate... I think... Uh, I think ultimately... Um, uh, we... I think ultimately we, the WWE, will will uh, um, uh, be successful. Um, I just think uh, it's going to take them um, a little longer to to get there. So, I think we made the best of a bad situation. Yes, I think we did too. Used what we had available to us, and and there might be some listeners out there that. Yeah, you might be sitting there going, well, what about this guy? This is what they could have done. And you may have a, a better idea and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to we'd love to know whether you think that we, we've overlooked something uh, that might have 
allowed the company to maybe head in a, in a, in a different direction or keep the, the momentum that they were building. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's all, that's what, that's what the fun of this all is. It's all subjective. This, these were our thoughts. Um, but we're not, we're not the only ones out there with opinions. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Free to let absolutely. us know what you think. Yes. You know, follow us, uh, give your answers on Twitter, you know, cause we do post, we do post on, uh, you know, uh, underneath the episode, uh, our place to be Facebook page group, uh, etc. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, for this month's episode. Uh, we'll, we'll go, we know the plugs, Dave, you can find Dave. Lurking around, I like the way he says that. Lurking around uh, the the uh, Facebook pages. Dave's always amiable and loves to talk with you fans. So hit him up. Uh, you know where to find me at at Scott C Podfather on Twitter. But of course, please follow the brand at PTBN Wrestling. We do the wrestling time travel. We post the pods. We do all sorts of fun stuff. Now, for the final episode of 2023, it is time to go back to you. December will be our second mailbag episode you reach out to us and give us your individual questions like a quickie question like it like a like a what would happen in this alter universe if and it would be an easy question to answer uh we love we may be able we may eventually expand them to episode topics but for the time being quick questions so um i am going to post along with the poll that will that dave and i are going to that's that uh, greg dean and i are going to do for the december wrestle tracks we're also going to open up a mailbag uh, thread on the Place to Be Facebook group with your mailbag questions for um, for the month of December. Uh, Dave and I would like those answers by, um, you know, I'll probably post them next Friday. We'll give about a week. Uh, but if you can give us those answers by, say, the yellow. Actually, you know, just look at the page. I haven't decided when yet. I got to do the poll for for Russell Tracks too, but uh, keep an eye out on the Place to Be uh, Facebook group page. Uh, you will see a thread. Um, please put your questions in there. I may actually put a question out on uh, Twitter as well, um, and uh, you can you can email me, you could private message me, or you could even just put the question on the thread as well. Um, Dave and I would love to hear from you and love to hear your Quickie questions like what happened? What would happen if Hercules won the 1988 Royal Rumble? Like something like that, you know, what if what, what if it wasn't Big John Studd? What if it was the warlord that won the Royal Rumble in 1989? I don't know. Stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Dave wants to answer what would happen if the warlord won the Royal Rumble in 1989. <laughs> um, he's going to chew on that one right now. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. It's not, you know, it could be comical, it could be serious, whatever you'd like. Dave and I'll find a way to give you a good answer. So that's what we're going to do. So our final, our final episode of 2023 in December will be our mailbag episode. You bring us the topics. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Keep an eye on the uh, socials. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving to our friends here in the States. Dave, I wish I could give you a holiday, but you are my <laughs> holiday. So oh. enjoy. Um We'll enjoy. We'll, I'll talk to you in December. Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everybody, and we will read your mail next month through the looking glass. 